Welcome to Knowledge the Back Hoodie Funky Podcast, issue number 65. Today we're going to be talking about DC's animated The Killing Joke, based on the graphic novel by Alan Moore. And Brian Bond. And the animated movie, too. Which is directed by Sam Liu, produced by Bruce Tim and Alan Burnett of DCAU fame, and written by Brian Azzarello. Hey, I didn't know that, Azzarello. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll get into it. Oh, yeah. On today's podcast, we have with us Booster Greg. What up? TV's Casey. I'm here! And I'm Sergio. Welcome, one and all, to the Back of the Funky Podcast, number 65, talking about the animated uh, DC movie, Batman the Killer Joke, based on the graphic novel by Alan Moore. So, guys, this is where you start, Casey. Oh, hey. Uh, yeah. This is why we can't have a nice thing. The whole podcast, Sergio and I are just going to shake our heads. Just if you're listening to this on iTunes or SoundCloud after the fact, just we're oh. always shaking our heads for the next hour and 15 minutes. Listen, listen, listen. We're all excited because this animated movie has been in the pipeline for a long time. Right? A long it's, time. It's been a, it's, been a, it's been a dream project of Mark Hamill's. He always said, no matter if he ever retired as the, as the voice of the Joker for years, even though he totally said that and he came back for Arkham Knight, but whatever... He said, if they're doing the killing joke, I'm on board, I'm with it, I'm in it. And for those of you who are in the dark about it, this 2016 animated feature is based on the 1988... It's either 1980... I think it's 1988. 1988 one-shot by the great Alan Moore and illustrated by Brian Bond. Uh, It is a defining comic book in every sense of the word in that it probably most closely establishes... Batman's relationship with the Joker, a possible origin of the Joker, and has one of the most outstanding, long-lasting ramifications for a character when it comes to the fate of Barbara Gordon. Yeah, uh, and it's crazy, too, because, like, Barbara Gordon had been paralyzed up until, what, New 52? Like recently. 2000, recently. 2011, yeah. at least. At least. So from, Which is, like... Nuts to me because there was, and you were right, Casey. It was March of 1988 when it was it was out. Um, but it's something that I remember reading back in Wizard Magazine back uh, my my wow. old high school days when I had a sub to that. Yeah, I remember that. Back in the 90s, in I was a comic book reader. But um, so I remember reading that there was like many opportunity that Barbara had to regain the use of her legs, and she always declined because you know she had grown past it and we see that in the, this animated movie where you know we, we get a glimpse of barbara gordon as batgirl we get to see how awesome she is stuff like that um but we really see her evolve after that you know after getting a good old stepping from batman she's just kind of <laughs> like a good rooftop stepping. A little rooftop stepping. stepping and a gargoyle that looks way too happy to be inanimate. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Dude, that threw everybody off. They were like, wait, right? what? Like, Batman and Batgirl sex. Crazy. What? Like, who? I didn't. I did not expect to see that. Um, and I think anyone who's read it didn't really expect to see that either. Because, like, that whole intro with Babs is just, like, brand new to me. 
Yeah, it's like the the first uh, t- twenty minutes of this animated movie is like this whole thing with with uh, with with uh, Batgirl, and it's just like, what what is all this? I I didn't mind it too much, but I, I thought it was a bit unnecessary. I guess it was building up our feelings for her, yeah. so it wouldn't just go into the story. But I'd rather it it started off with with Batman going to Arkham and talking to the Joker, right, and then finding out that he's not there. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's. It, it, that's entirely it is and especially for me like when i grew up with batman the animated series as did you Serge, i know and casey oh hell yeah um i didn't really care about that girl you know not at all <laughs> didn't she show <laughs> up too before robin no before she, tim drake no no i don't know yeah, they they probably i think they oh, showed I'm up thinking, actually I'm, I'm thinking of something else i'm thinking of um the batman they showed up at the same time because they both debuted, I believe, in New Batman Adventures when yeah. they rebranded it and changed the art to match Superman the Animated Series. Okay. Oh, God. Yeah. Still voiced by Tara Strong back then, too. Yeah, there you go. Um, but it was just one of those, I never, I never cared about her. You know, I was always like, all right, who cares? Like, you know, I want to see Robin or I want to see, like, more Batman or something like that. And even, like, as she became Oracle, like, I care more about her when she's Oracle, but, like, Barbara Gordon's yeah. Batgirl just never did anything for me. Like, Cassandra Kane was really awesome Batgirl, really, really unique take. Uh, we had Stephanie Brown for a little bit uh, more recently. And it was just, like, always, like, the Batgirl mantle after Barbara was always something that someone who already had a mantle kind of took on and gave it a new depth. But for me, Barbara was never interesting. But in, in the animated movie... I was just kind of like, all right, like I can kind of see like she became so independent. She was so done with Batman's like shit. She was like, I'm going to do what I want to do. And here's how it's going to happen. And then, you know, I've been at least this portrayal. Barbara does not seem like the type of person who gets people stand up to often. You know, it's just kind of like she it just seems like she runs around and goes runs amok and does whatever the hell she wants to do. They combined a lot of weird shades. Like, they put every... They they mixed a lot of, like, Nightwing in there. Mm. You know, you'll get, you know, in Batman the Animated Series mm-hmm. episodes, like Robin's Reckoning, where he strikes out on his own. Like, you get some feelings of that. You get some Jason Todd feelings about, like, a sense of betrayal. Sure, yeah. You get some even, uh, like, Kathy Kane, Silver Age Batwoman feelings in that you learn that she started to fight crime because she's infatuated with Batman and... Not out of her own sense of, I guess, altruistic justice. Yeah, you yeah. know, like she did in the books. Yeah, and that's that's what this, this seemed to allude to. Like she she started off not because she was infatuated with Batman, but because she wanted to do something. You know, mm. in Gotham, you know, her dad was out doing something. Here's Batman out doing something, and she's sitting there like, "Oh, I'm able bodied. I can I can do stuff. Like, let's go." And then the infatuation came. But yeah, I never found her character compelling. She had a good uh, DLC story in Arkham Knight. I mean, that that was pretty cool. But other Actually, than that, I haven't played that yet. Which it was it was pretty good. I might, I, and I think I think the price is lower too. It's actually it's actually pretty sweet. Oh, I have it. Like I got the animated. I got the animated. Jeez, fucking, you can talk. I got the <laughs> season pass, but I just haven't played it. Which might be yeah. the after party, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but, but like, uh, yeah, for for those who wanted like a strong female character, there was always Wonder Woman, like like you know, Supergirl. Like, I, I don't think I don't know any any girl who's like, yeah, Batgirl, Batwoman. I, that's my no. They're always like, hey, what, like Wonder Woman's dope and Supergirl. No, there's yeah. a lot of people who like Batgirl and Batwoman. Really? Yeah. 
Mm. What? I've only seen like like a, like a couple of costumes at, at Comic Con. It's there's usually it's usually Harley Quinn's obviously, and then oh, like yeah. Wonder Woman, I mean, like, Supergirl. Like you you find a few Batgirls. I love cosplayers, but sometimes like it's so hard for me not to dismiss like Harley cosplayers, <laughs> especially like <laughs> Suicide Squad. Of Harley Quinn's like Harley. Oh, you you never you never want to knock down somebody's favorite character, but it's like no, yeah, you yeah. and everybody else. Yeah, it's just kind of like, and that's I mean that's for me too, like. I change my tune a lot of favorite characters because, like, I'm always like, "Oh, I like, I really like Vegeta," and like, "Yeah, he's the best." A million people, <laughs> and I'm like, "Looks like I don't like Vegeta anymore." Why does everybody have to like what I like? It sucks. Well, well, yeah, that's the other thing too. Like, a lot of these, a lot of these people like want to dress up like her, but they don't under, understand it. And it's even weirder when they do it in these weird like couple things. Like, like there's like like a father Joker and like a daughter that's almost like a baby Harley Quinn. And I'm like, that's weird. That's, <laughs> that's weird. really weird. <laughs> like, that's... You shouldn't do that. But you're a muggle. But you wanted to come out to a because uh, we went to uh, a Comic Con in um, uh, last last weekend. It was it was awesome. But yeah, I saw stuff like that. I'm like, why is your, like, your little like four year old baby Harley Quinn and your Joker? You you do know that's weird, right? Yeah. You do know that's that's like it's okay. Anyway, uh, where you have like Electra um, going on right there? Yeah. Also, there was like 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 a brother and sister who did it. I'm like, that's really weird. <laughs> that's that really only weird. works if they're Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Oh uh, God, yeah, exactly. But uh, anyway, I don't know. Uh, yeah, so 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 you know, strong female character, I guess. But uh, a lot of people had a huge problem. Like there there was a huge controversy with this. Because in this movie, something, oh, and in, in the comics, something happens to her. And mm. a lot of people weren't cool with that. Mm. Yeah. It's like one of those things where it's never explicitly said, but heavily suggested. Heavily. Especially now. What? Uh, originally, it was it was implied, you know, she's in various states of undress. He's taken right. pictures of her. The last time you see them together before that, he's unbuttoning her blast. Right. But... You get this added scene in this one where Batman is getting some information from a bunch of prostitutes, and it's like, oh yeah, like, we see the Joker regularly. We assumed he found a new girl. And it's like, (laughs) what other reason could there be to put this in? Yeah, yeah. Well, like, taking a step back, too, like, what was with that rich dude? With the first twenty minutes, like he just that like, was never... that was odd. Yeah, the, the the guy who was like you know getting all sweet with Batgirl, and he's yeah. all like, oh hey, blah you know blah blah. Worst, she's like, I can do this all is? by myself, and she's trying to fight him, and he's just undermining her, and he's like, hey, how about I treat you to dinner? Why don't you just stop wearing this costume stuff? Just Must be go. that time of the month, I guess. Oh man, yeah, he's like, he's a Tommy Toughnuts bad guy, but but listen, they missed a totally good opportunity to use another Batman villain here. Because there is there is a Batman villain who, his whole shtick for a while was being obsessed with Batgirl. Oh, yeah. Killer Moth. Yeah. Dude, and like... That guy was too cool to be Killer Moth, though. Like, he was a dude. Is, Killer <laughs> Moth is a loser. Okay. He's way too cool to be Killer Moth. Yeah. That's true. But at the same time, I mean, they were setting it up where... Not that Batgirl gets her own, like, the Joker, but it's it's like she gets an enemy that's like personally invested mm. in that same vein and and yeah. Batman's like oh you get too close to the abyss which what a hard fucking sell of a line you can almost tell Kevin Connor was like are you really making me read this there's, right there's now? a couple of points in this in this script that li- that abyss line works great in um in the abyss w- no yeah in the abyss no uh Sphere. crisis on two earths 
That line is in oh, Crisis yeah. on Two Earths yeah. when he's fighting Owl Man, and it's like the difference between you and me when we both looked into the abyss. I make this and look good. Welcome to Earth. That's it. That's just going to other movies. Yeah, <laughs> greatest podcast ever. <laughs> You get a lot of bang for your buck, people. <laughs> hey, this week in Nerd News, did you know they're making another Bad Boys movie? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't it's consider bad, Bad Boys bad Nerd boys, News it's, at all. It's, no, it's, bad boys, it's bad boys 3, Bad Boys for Life. Is that really the working title? That's really the so. working title. I hope that's the title. That's great. Yeah, there you go. And I'm doubly wrong because... Greg's line was for Men in Black, and I'm just like, fuck it, I miss because of all my Will Smith movies. I wonder what the next Independence Day movie title is going to be. Independence Day 4. There's not going to be another Independence Day oh, movie. Are you kidding me? You've, you've <laughs> always got to... You, you have to throw it in there. Like you just you just At some point, you just have to put in Revengeance because it's the best sequel name ever. ID 3-4. <laughs> ID 3-4. <laughs> I, declare, I declare an alien war. ID 4-3. <laughs> Stupid, uh, but yeah, like I mean, so like this, this rich kid, this rich kid, right? Like, like no, like reason to have, like they did such a focus on him. They made sure to like to let you know who he was, and and like I thought for sure that they were going to use him as the Joker decoy in like you know when when Batman shows up to the asylum because he had like a similar like facial structure to the Joker, right? Very long face. That. Really the hair good. was kind of a similar cut. Stuff like that. So I thought maybe that's where that was going. But then we just like never hear from him again. Um, and a lot of I've been reading up on a lot of theories, you know, about the three Jokers and stuff like that. Maybe they're starting to build that up. Oh, what a weird place to start it in an animated I movie. Yeah, I don't know. I hope I not. He's like, yeah, I remember you told me that story. And I'm just like, uh, they, it's very compelling when you talk about it. But to actually put it into practice, like, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, weirder things have been done in comic books, right? And for those of you who didn't listen to last week, you sure was it last week or two weeks ago? God, it was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. It yeah, definitely week, it wasn't last week. Uh, two weeks ago, we talked about it. you should definitely go listen to it. But basically, there's there's the thing where there's actually three Jokers running around, three different people who take on the mantle of Joker. Um, like, well, read. It's very cool because it's very like lost style conjecture, right? Oh, like, but there's this, 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 but this thing kind of like negates that, and it's actually like if you if you can't fall asleep late at night, watch some YouTube videos on it because I've had a lot of fun doing so. It's coming out of DC Rebirth and a whole thing where yeah. Batman sits in Metron's chair and is like, "What is the Joker's true name?" Well, that wasn't like, Rebirth though; that was still New Fifty Two. That was right before, yeah. but then they followed up on it with these three new Jokers because you got Silver Age Joker, Modern Age Face Ripped Off Joker, and then I think one of them was Killing Joke Joker. Yeah, it was. Yeah, in the Hawaiian shirt. Um, and I definitely, I do want to touch upon that a little bit later uh, as we approach the ending and start talking about that kind of stuff. But um, so we get to see after this whole Batgirl weird intro kind of thing, where we do get to learn a little bit more about the character, we get into the classic Killing Joke. Um, you know, Batman walking down the halls of Arkham Asylum, even like like some of the smaller details are there, too. Like he walks past Two-Face, whose hands are just like he's clawing at the door. Similar to what happens to Conway, not quite. Although that may be like, eh, your nails, dude. Like, how are you doing that? It's just, it's just weird. Um, and we really get to see this whole kind of side of Batman come to fruition where he's approaching the Joker in a very calm manner. And he's sitting down. And I think it's like a Hannibal Lecter style kind of thing, right? Like he needs yeah. to talk to the Joker to solve this case. 
And he does this whole thing where it's like, listen, we've been doing this dance for a while. You know, let's just just tell me what you know. Come on, man. And then he's just Joker sitting there just shuffling cards, right? Just shuffling and playing. Playing solitaire. Yeah, like not saying a single word, which is And he reaches out, listen. Yeah. Grabs his hand. And white makeup on Batman's hand. And that's when Batman's like, oh my god, what have you this done? This isn't the Joker. Who are you? Yeah. Do you realize what you've done? Where is he? So what's, what's interesting in, um, the, in the graphic novel, and I didn't really pick up on it on this, but I'm sure they did mention it. In the graphic novel, they never really explicitly mentioned Batman or the Joker by name in the whole thing. They're always referencing one another in some way, shape, or form, but they never actually say it, except for a French, like, weird translation where he says, you're not the Joker, but he always says, like, you're not him. Where is he? Stuff like that. And you, as the reader, are able to put in that context what he's talking about. They do cool. that in the movie, too, when he uh, he has that line where it's like, tell Gordon I need to see him. It's like, yeah. why don't you go tell him yourself? It's like, no, I need to see him. him. <laughs> and it's like, ah. Yeah. Were the were the did the dead dentist not enough? Was that not enough of a hint for you? Okay. Oh god. Yeah. Um, but like you know, we we really get to see a somewhat faithful adaptation to the book. Although, what's with Batman's ears in this animated movie? They look weird to me. Did they not look weird to you guys? Like they were they, like little like curved. Like I, I, don't, yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. It's yeah, almost it's like, like Golden they're... Age Batman. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just I just like the straight. The straight up, that's fine. That's all I need. Whatever, and especially like hearing Kevin Conroy's voice come out of like those ears, kind of thing, is just <laughs> weird to me. <laughs> it comes out of his ear. <laughs> no, no, no. I know what you mean. You almost expect like a different voice actor because it's almost a different look, like a yeah. you know, like not what we're used to for, for a Kevin Conroy Batman. Right. Yeah. 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 Even, like yeah. even like he's I mean, got Arkham those fin- was like that in the too, animated right? series. He's got the fin ears that go like well, up and in back. the animated series they weren't that big, but in the Justice League animated they were huge. Yeah, yeah. Really, they, they really like pronged huge them out. Rabbit ears. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what they're thinking on that, but you know, it kind of worked. It exaggerated features, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so we really get to see kind of this whole, um, this whole duality with Batman and Joker kind of unfold throughout this movie, right? And that one scene that everyone knows and loves and everyone wants to talk about is the scene where the Joker shows up at Babs's apartment. With Jim. Now, was interesting to me, and it was similar in the book, if I'm remembering correctly as well. Is it's actually shot for shot perfect. Oh, is it? Uh, I, yeah. I have to. I didn't get a chance the, to go back and read it. The joke week. that that he snaps with about like, oh, you see, she's the coffee table edition. Yeah, can't say much for it, but there's a, a hole in the jacket and the spine is down. But there's, there's right out of the panel. There's a lot in this that is unsaid, and a lot that is shown and said. Right, even even in the book. It's never really known if the Joker knows that Batgirl was Barbara Gordon. You think? I think, like, like, I can't tell if he knew or not, you know? Well, if he didn't know, then why did he target her specifically? Well, because he was going after Jim Gordon. Right. That's why. It could have been Gordon's wife if she was in the picture, but it just happened that Barbara was there. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where you're just like... "Mm." I don't. I don't. I don't know if I, I don't know if I want that to be like an added coincidence. I think it's just like an, like like he knew it. Well, that's the cool thing about the Joker. Like he's so mad. Like you don't really know. But right. You never really know. And they never really explicitly say. But yeah. like it, it, the argument can go either way. You know, it, like your argument, which is what I'm thinking too, is 
it's too big of a coincidence, right? Like he has to have known way too big of a coincidence. But the, on the other side too, like it could be just be a coincidence because that's his daughter, you know, his daughter was, you know, like lured into this nightlife vigilante, you know, doing what's right, taking down the bad guys kind of thing. Maybe because how she was raised, we don't know, but it could just be that coincidence. Like, you know, what if she wasn't Batgirl? Would those events still have unfolded? Probably because he was after Jim Gordon. Mm. Yeah, it's to give Jim one bad day. Yeah, the worst day ever. Um, and it's just like what he says is just so fucked up. Like, you know, he's he, like the coffee table dish and stuff like that. He starts making all these puns about he knows she's paralyzed at this point. He just know he was going for that. And with what he says with being like, you know, like what does he what does he say, Casey? I can't remember the exact lines. Uh, he, uh, he says, like, we, like, like he says something I like along the lines of like, yeah, it's a problem with old books. Cause that's she's the thing a with librarians. You see, she thinks she's a coffee table edition. Yeah. Mind you, I can't say much for the volume's condition. Yeah. I mean, there's a hole in the jacket and the spine appears to be damaged. Frankly, she <laughs> won't be walking off the shelves in that state of repair. In fact, the idea of her walking anywhere seems increasingly remote. But then that's always the problem with softbacks. See, like, it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's pretty, and they did it verbatim in this, mm-hmm. and it's great. It's like just like all that stuff. As you start watching, like you're watching the Batgirl stuff. You're like, what am I? Like this is not like what is this? And you realize, oh, they're trying to get me to warm up and care for her and stuff like that. And then you get into like all this stuff, and you're like, you're oh my god, the Joker is insane, and dangerous to a point that you don't get in the 90s animated cartoon no sir right like you know he kills people they never really really show it like they show the laughing gas and stuff like that but and even in Arkham it's kind of like you know it's not as dark as what this ended up being when you see which I think was kind of overdone the slow motion with her falling on the coffee table I don't, I don't think it was overdone. Yeah, like, it, like it, it didn't take an hour. So it wasn't like like three hundred of the Matrix. It or felt something. like it felt like an hour to me. Nah, like, nah. No. It was, it was, it's, it's quicker than you think. Probably, yeah. But um, yeah. So like, it, it's this whole awesome, terrifying look into the Joker, which like, and I immediately thought, Casey. I don't know if you did too, but remember that modern, um, that modern. What's it called? The the there's a Batman recent cover where they did a controversy where it showed. Oh yeah, but they actually sh- they, they showed the 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 Joker from from behind, like just gripping her, and she's yeah. all just like beaten and battered, and that sparked a huge controversy. With, with, like, the smile painted on too. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because a lot of women were like, "Oh, that's unnecessary." I mean, you know, like like why did she have to be brutalized like that and stuff? But it's like the Joker has brutalized everyone. Yeah. He, he killed fucking <laughs> like. Hey, come on, you know. I mean, I, I get what what they're saying and why it was controversial, but I, I thought it was it was a striking cover, absolutely a striking oh, yeah. cover. Yeah. yeah, wasn't there like a petition to like take it down forever and remove it? Because yep. uh, oh, yeah. well, was it a main cover or an alternate cover? I think it was a main cover, if I'm not mistaken. And, and it's funny because I thought I thought we were going to see that here too, yeah. uh, but you know, it, it goes from he sees in the apartment, he shoots her, she falls down, he says the monologue, and then it, and it cuts and it cuts away, and I was like, oh wow, I thought we were going to see 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 something, not 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so like a bit, bit, bit more. You know, the brutality. Show me the goods we, we, we kinda, movie. Yeah, but we, we kind of see that like li- later on, like not not viscerally, but you know, like when when Gordon's taken, when we get to that. Sure. Uh, yeah. Say, yeah. Um. So then we we kind of see, you know, um, her in. We see Barbara in the hospital, right, sitting there, lying down, and Batman's just sitting there, standing there, just poised, just. L- looks unemotional unemotionally involved just and it's just like you kind of wonder too how crazy is batman how unattached or detached is batman to the point where there's this like there's this woman who had been fighting crime with her with him for years right years and years and years and years and years and was this after jason todd i don't remember i'm I'm Uh, pretty sure it's after jason todd because i I think this is actually an interesting bit of trivia (laughs) So, so in the comics, it's before Jason Todd is killed. Okay, but in the movie, the there's a reference where to he, it. The, yeah, the scene where he's looking at all the—that's like a whole basket full of Easter eggs. By the way, when oh, he yeah, looks yeah. on the back computer, and there's the there's a reference to the Laughing Fish. Oh, I there's, do remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that famous like one where the you know that famous Brian Bond picture where the Joker's like this holding the cards, mm. and you know uh, there's there's um, God, what are the other ones? There's a reference to the first appearance of Batman with the with the wings that's in Jim Gordon's scrapbook, like all all kinds of stuff like that. But on the back computer screen, you see Jason Todd, so you know it's already happened. Right. Okay. Which is weird. So yeah. So in the animated movie, Jason Todd's already happened. In the comics, didn't happen yet. But it, like yeah. maybe that's Ken. He's he's already detached. Like he's a lost to Robin. He realizes maybe these kids aren't as permanent as he once thought. So maybe mm-hmm. that has something to attribute to it, but it was similar in the book, if I remember correctly, too. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's why he, he was telling her to like like back off more, yeah. you know, and, and you know, get giving her more of a backseat role. And she was like, "No, I'm independent. I can do whatever I want. Like I'm I'm strong too." And he's like, "No, you're not on this case. Like you're too close. That guy, like that weird whatever random villain dude, just doesn't take you seriously." Yeah. And she's like, "I'll make him take me seriously." And he's Sergio, like, "Sergio, are you no. saying you don't remember the great Paris Franz?" <laughs> No, not at all. That's exactly. And what yes, I'm that is that is seriously his name. I know. I remember because uh, she was like, "What? That's his name? Yeah. That's who <laughs> beat me up? That's who the one guy who beat me is just like a rich, overprivileged mafia kid who now, carries what? sleep sleeping gas on him, even though he doesn't know he's going to bump into Batgirl that night." Yeah. Also, well, was it necessary to have the bat sex? I mean. Like, there's so many daddy issues thing there. My God. I was like, is this... I don't think it's necessary. I don't this think even, it was this in, isn't even the first time it, was, it happened. I mean, I can I can understand why people are upset, but it's definitely not the first time we've seen this. Yeah. Well, yeah. seen it without the implication. It happened in the DC Animated Universe way, way back. Um, Did it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In Batman Beyond, he she makes an offhanded reference to it, and then in the... Uh, in the episode where Rachel Ghoul comes back, he there's a scene where old Bruce is flipping through all of his old flames, and one of them's Lois, which is great, <laughs> and and another one is Barbara, and I'm like, I yeah. miss that. Yeah, they, they they reference that pretty heavily in the Return of the Joker, actually. I think, if I'm not mistaken, and maybe yeah, in the whole story is in the whole series as well, where that was part of the reason why Dick hates Bruce. Is because mm. Bruce and Barbara were a thing. I think they wanted a break, or uh, Bruce and Barbara, 
Dick and Babs were a thing, and then they went on a break, and then Bruce kind of like swooped in there. He and swooped in. Got a little and he got her room. pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. did. Yeah. So that then there's was... that whole thing, and then Dick just like hated. There was such a betrayal on Dick's end that he was like, fuck it, I'm out of here. And they actually did a comic uh, that took place in continuity for Batman Beyond where uh, Dick comes back and he's got like a Nick Fury eye patch going on. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> real he's real fucked patch. up. He's got like bullet holes all over him. Yeah, it's, oh. I think he, was he missing a limb? I don't remember. He, I, I was just going to say, I'm pretty sure he's missing an arm. I think he is missing an arm too, yeah. But like it was, it was pretty fucked. And that was uh, during the Hush Beyond. They did that, like Hush came back and I think it ended up being Dick. I don't remember though. That I don't know. I don't remember. But I, I think that, I finished it, but I, I lost like after issue two or three, I lost interest. But it was a, it was a pretty wild wild continuation of it. But it's always nice to see more Terry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Always. I mean, come on. Always. Um, <laughs> but something else I would kind of want to talk about with with you guys. Uh, let's talk about that tunnel of love scene. Oh man. Let, let's just Serge. What you what you what's your take on that? So when Commissioner Gordon was taken. And then the Joker had his henchmen strip him naked, put him into a carnival ride car because he bought a carnival and kill it. I, I thought that was an awesome scene when he was buying the carnival. And I was just like, Joker's not going to pay for this. What are you? What the hell are you thinking? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, he puts him in the car and uh, he submits him to pictures. And I think video of his daughter naked being ravaged. I was like, oh, my God. Jesus. I mean, if his... If his God, and, and, and he I, has and it, the the balls to do a show theme over it. Yeah, yeah, and and I, and, I, and I think his point was, you know, just to make him go crazy, like like he went crazy, like any ordinary man can go insane, like if pushed to the point, if pushed to the proper abyss. Mm. And uh, yeah, like he he went in, he went insane for a minute because I mean, no, nobody should see that, like a family member being catatonic. Like catatonic. Yeah. He's on the ground and there's nothing. Upstairs. And, and 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 that's the Joker. Like he he does stuff like that. Like he bought a carnival, killed a guy. He went after Gordon to to, to get. Like, and I think what like all to get at Batman. All to all to like, fuck him over. Yeah. You know. And then in the end, he's just like, oh hey, here's your daughter that I brutalized, and you're gonna watch it. And here comes Batman. Be right back. <laughs> like what? And the thing too is like, so he does all of this to Commissioner Gordon to break him, to let him descend into the same madness that the Joker had descended into because what we're kind of glossing over here. And I think what we should talk about in conjunction with this is this is the origin of the Joker, this movie or, or as close as we're ever going to get, close as we're ever really going to get, which is great. It goes far enough without going too far because I don't, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I kind of don't want it a full origin story of the Joker. And I heard there's some movie talk about doing that after the suicide squad. Cause they're talking about, okay, well Harley and Jared Leto's Joker did well. Just uh, keep digging that quotes. hole deeper, DC. Yeah, air Just dig that uh, hole. So, yep. So the, there, there were some rumors about how they want to do maybe a Harley movie and Joker movie because that's the part that air quotes did well in uh, in the entire movie. Well, the theatrical version that we got. And I was just like, uh, don't do that. And then there were some more rumors coming up about maybe some executive talking about doing an origin story. And I was like, don't, don't do that. And if they are, it should be like this. You know, it showed like a guy, a guy that already existed, didn't show where he was from, didn't show any background, just some guy down at his luck trying to do comedy bits, trying to routines. He can't hold it together. He has a wife. But the cool thing ab- about this movie is, is, is that uh, doesn't he tell Batman at one point that he always remembers his origin differently, like the way he went mad? 
Like he can't the, fully remember how it is. The the line is, "If I'm going to have a past, I prefer it to be multiple choice." Yeah. Yeah. So it, so awesome. that kind of bugs with you too. So it's just like, okay, so is what we just saw that whole thing with like him and Ori looking dude still with the long face with the wife? Can you get it together? Daniel's like the mob is getting him involved to do stuff and this and that, and then his his wife dies, and then he he slips into madness with the red hood. Now was that all real? Was that you know like it, an, an exaggerated story? You know? Yeah. When he says along the Batman, it's like it. it is that his? Is that his? Because he said something about like his. Uh, he he was abused as well, and, he th- and I'm like, wait a minute, we didn't see anything about that in that flashback. Uh, we saw it in the so. book, though, if I remember. Yeah, like like his wife was not very nice. His his wife is his wife is actually okay in the in the comic. Well, she yeah, I remember her being she's a complete bitch. No, no, no. She's she's totally good. She even has the the line about being great in the sack and everything. Are you sure? I'm I'm, I'm just crazy. Yeah, though. never don't oh, listen yeah. to me. I'm not. No. The uh the Joker abuse thing you might be thinking of is in the animated series when the they do the Harley Quinn origin episode and he's like when I was a boy my dad oh, yeah. took his, the, his greatest memory was taking me to see the circus. Oh yes, yes, yes. You know, that's that's I think where that comes from. Yeah. Um but I mean like also so like you know if he's going to have an origin it might as well be multiple choice again this brings us back to three different jokers that would be a multiple choice. You know, back. It's funny come to think of it. Like uh, Christopher Nolan used that in his movies too. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just remembering. Yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. every time uh, he told someone, "You want to know how I got these scars?" He would tell a different story, and it, it was these stories. Interesting. Yeah, because one was the abusive wife. She leaves. Ellen was like, "Was was like my his, his father was a drinker. Yeah, yeah. Father was a drinker <laughs> and, a, and a fiend." <laughs> the the DC Illuminati strikes again. Maybe they've been planning this for years and years and years, <laughs> decades even. Is this how they wanted to play it? Is that how they wanted to play it? Maybe all... Jared Leto's Joker was one of the Jokers. That's as that's as crazy that's as crazy the as the Joker theory. That's like, oh, he's a demon. He's he's the, a demon in the form of a man that's plagued Gotham City since the 19th century. And I'm like, fuck this. What? <laughs> that's stupid. He's a that's guy. He's a guy that was a low life thug. Okay, before he fell into a vat of chemicals and became a criminal mastermind. Yeah. Wait, like he went into the vat, he came out, he went to Hot Topic, and then he got dressed (laughs) up. And then it was a suicide squad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He had some serious dental corrective surgery. (laughs) I mean, he got a grill because kids like grills. It's cool. He got tattoos. Kids like tattoos. And he's got broke dead. There we go. Because I'm a 60 year old dude with marketing and trying to put this goddamn movie together. I mean, that's the best podcast, people. Out of the origins of the Joker that we're aware of, which it's, to my knowledge, I can only really think of the two, which is the one where he's the the guy who killed Batman's parents, like in the Burton movies, yeah. uh, or he's the down-on-his-luck failed comedian who gets wrapped up in being the Red Hood and falls in a, the Ace Chemical vet. Yeah, and, um, and that second one, too, is, like I, I like that one the best, personally. Um, yeah. Mostly because it adds that extra layer of purpose to Jason Todd. The mantle he assumes after coming back from the dead, right? So, yeah. for those of you who don't know, Jason Todd, the second Robin, was killed quite brutally with a crowbar. With a crowbar by the Joker, um, by luring him into a abandoned warehouse of sorts that also blew up. That also blew up, but by his own mother, by Jason Todd's mother, is how he got it's lured fucked. there, which is fucked up. Batman, you have that, that infamous scene, Batman holding him, going like, yeah, crying, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
Tim Drake comes, other Robins come, so on. Years later, and I'm going to go with the animated movie origin because I like that better than the actual comic book origin. <laughs> Superboy Mark- Prime punches the walls of reality and Jason Todd is reborn out of a Lazarus pit. <laughs> he wasn't even reborn out of Lazarus Pit, though. In that's so fantastical, yeah, I love stupid. it. So in the under the Red Hood animated movie, um, it is Amazing. found out that Jason Todd's body is exhumed and taken into a Lazarus Pit by none other than Talia Al Ghul, and she trains him up and tries to get things going. He goes crazy, leaves, whatever, blows up the place. Kind of goes about his business, assumes the mantle of the Red Hood, which if the Joker, that was his first secret identity because he killed Jason Todd. It just makes it that much more of a, a fuck you statement. You know what I mean? More of a, I'm going to assume the mantle that you failed at and I'm going to hunt you down and find you. Although he does, he gets sidetracked. He never really hunts down the Joker. He just focuses on drug lords and, you know. Well, he does in the movie. Oh, yeah, you're right. He does. He does. He does. He gets him. He's got him good. Yeah. He has him dead to rights. He just wants to make Batman do it. It seems like he just, yeah, he just more focuses on the drug lords at some point. And, and he has these twisted morals, too, which you don't really see so much in, well, you kind of see in the animated movie, too, where he's just like, he will let people deal drugs, just not to kids. If you deal drugs to the kids, and this is awesome in the book, too, where he finds out that, like, one uh, drug dealer was dealing to kids at an elementary school. And he rigs up this like crack house with C4. And like these guys are just like, oh my God, like, how could you do this? The hood's gonna get us, blah, 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 blah. Then Batman kicks down the door and they're like, oh my God, it's a Batman, blah, blah, blah. He goes up to a drywall, <laughs> rips Batman. off the parts <laughs> of the wall, and it's just C4. And he's just like, get out of here. And he's the one who finds out that like the Red Hood's kind of been targeting these guys. Fucking cool scene, like awesome, uh, illustrated by. Doug uh, Mankey or Monk or whatever, however you say his name, if I'm not mistaken. The man with yeah. infinite styles, which is really yeah. fucking cool. Well, while, while we've more or less broached the subject, uh, there are there was one thing I wanted to talk about. Um, other than the, the R rating, mm-hmm. which I think is a pretty bold choice for mm-hmm. an animated film. Uh, in which there wasn't that much R stuff in yeah. it. You know, it yeah, was all implied. So, implied know, rape. Yeah, well, I, I look. We looked it up too because um, we're talking about it off channel. But um, Assault on Arkham was PG thirteen, and that scene really? was it. This. Yeah, what? That it was, was more, it seemed more rated R than this did. That had heads blowing up for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. I think DC is finding this niche with uh, rated R movies, where I think they're kind of trying to take this one to that too. I mean, they did it with um, the ultimate version of Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. They did it. They're doing it with Suicide Squad, and I bet you they do it with Justice League. Like I, I'm, can't wait for that R-rated Wonder Woman movie. But they're like, oh, <laughs> ooh, those are yes. extended makeout scenes with Steve Trevor. Oh God, stupid. But um, it's just one of those things where they're DC's exploiting the release to DVD Blu-ray model. They release an unfinished movie in theaters. Take all I, that I don't want to believe that's what they're doing. That's what they're I, doing. I think, I think they're just messing up. I mean, no. I mean, yeah, they're, they're like, oh, because like, I watched the, the extended version of Batman vs. Superman. There wasn't that much in there to, to warrant like this this scheme. There, there really wasn't. 
But look at yeah. how it's being marketed, though. This is the real version. Very true. Yeah, but uh, I don't think they're writing the real version that, oh, here's some extra stuff that wasn't in the movie. I just think they don't know what they're doing. No, it's and a, they're it's like, oh, we fixed it in post, super post, Blu-ray, buy it now. I'm, I'm surprised that you don't see this the most because you're the one who sees Mr. Moneybags in Hollywood for, for what he is. <laughs> yeah. You know what I, I mean? mean? I'm no, all I, about I just, this long con, yeah. dude, and I don't want to yeah, see the no, worst in anybody. I just, I just think they really just don't have the right people in charge to do any of this and then afterwards they do have to sell it like hey we fixed it now yeah then I get the blu-ray today so i don't know like i uh, it's it's possible i'm not throwing it out there that it's it's completely you know it's a farce but i'm, I'm just saying it's possible but i, I don't think that's what it, what it is eh, i mean like so i'll wait if they do it i'll give them three tries if they do it again if they do it so they're gonna do it with suicide scott we know that if they do yeah. it again fine but if they do it a fourth fucking time like marvel like they did great movies but the the, the first ones some were great some were not some were kind of missteps right incredible looking Hulk. at you iron man 2 iron man oh, 2 like and iron 3 man iron man 3 get out of iron the mandarin yes. <laughs> looking at you also iron man 3 <laughs> but like you, you look Pepper at Pepper potts like, is the hero get out of here get out of town <laughs> Get get out of town. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a guy. I said that, so I'm sexist now. With 2016 okay. triggered, but uh, no, because I know, like, dude, like, freaking, my sister hated that too. She was like, "Wait, that doesn't make any sense. How did she? How did the glove fit? To, did Tony Stark have all of his random suits just also coded to her that yes. she can just reach up, grab a suit, and then it would just work? Yes. Or is it certain suits? You know, how did she know how to use it? Does she have practice? Like, she had. So, I'm like, I don't know. It's a terrible movie. Stop asking me questions. Yeah, I mean, like they, they 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 fixed a lot of stuff along the way, right? Now they're pumping out more consistently good movies, right? Well, like, we'll see what happens with the Justice League. If the Justice League is like, well, we have uh, all we got. Blu-ray, all the things are there. It's like, oh come on, now it's a real, now it's real, hundred yeah. percent. I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll ultimately end up seeing kind of what happens, but I sort of got to do it a fourth time. I'm fucking done. I'm just done with DC. Like I'm gonna change my name. I'll be like Ant Greg or or Star. Lord but the fourth Greg. one be the Justice or the Star one Lord, or whatever's Star coming Lord after Greg. it? Uh, the They're fourth Aquaman. one would probably end up being Wonder Woman. That would Wonder be Woman. the fourth. I mean, think about it. This like that's the next DC movie coming out, right? Wonder Woman's coming out as before as Justice know, League, yeah. I think. Very true. Yeah, yeah. So it would mm. have to be the Wonder Woman movie. If they do... It, it looks good. God, please, please don't suck. Just, they're, uh, they're going to do it. an ultimate cut God. rated R of Wonder Woman. I already know it. It's gonna... And he's gonna... She's gonna like maybe de- decapitate one guy and that's gonna cause the rated R. That's what I want. Like when she's kicking ass. Well, you like, sold she's me. Yeah, she's probably <laughs> she's fighting like regular soldier dudes. Like, how can she not cut through him? No, I don't care about her cutting through. That, no, you 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 misunderstand. You misunderstand. You don't understand what I'm saying. They're mm-hmm. going to cut that from the theatrical release and then put that in the ultimate edition of whatever. I know. I'm saying on. that's what I want to see. I want to see like, that in the theatrical she, cut. How, 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 I want to yeah, see a rated saying, R theatrical cut. How can she not cut through these guys and and have like decapitations and limbs going? Yes, on? I want to see that too. Yes. Getting, how could she not like reach out and crush someone? She's fighting normal yes. guys. So I think like, you guys how, have how, the wrong idea about what Wonder Woman's all about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you know when I think of Wonder Woman, I just like, well. Decapitations and well, and but limbs you getting think of cut Superman, off. You didn't think of Man of Steel, so there you go, Casey. Yeah, well, I mean, you're the only one of us that doesn't think that movie is hot garbage. Yeah, that so. movie is not hot garbage. That, that movie is shit. Transformers Surge. is a movie that's hot garbage. It, I don't put them it, on the same it's, like, it's plane of existence. It's at all. So close. It's so close. No, not at all. I just I rewatched that like two weeks ago, and I was like, I couldn't. I it took me a couple of things. 
it's just it's not it's not oh anyways uh so back to the killing joke um let's talk about because we're getting up to the time on everyone's favorite hour but let's talk about that last final scene where the batman the batman catches the batman the batman uh he catches joker they're fighting right they're going at it and they pause they're just both tired they're both just kind of like the Joker hates, gets the gun, shoots, has the word bang, which is that's a funniest scene <laughs> in the whole movie. Cla- classic. Classic. Joker. Classic. And, he, and the Joker didn't even expect it, which is what made it just even better. He was like, well, that's it. <laughs> that's the way the cookie crumbles. I guess. Oh, yeah, he had like it a was, bunch of guns and that was the one he's like, ah, damn it. <laughs> they yeah. really they really dramated it up in this. Uh, in the comics, it's like he's leaning forward and then it's like. He's he's turned around and he's got a gun trained on Batman with the craziest look on his face. Yeah. But um so then they the Joker tells a joke at this point cuz Batman is just like, "You know what? We're done. This is it. This is only going to end one way." It's going to He gives him one last chance this though. Yeah, he gives him, offers the chance, him that right? that says, rehabilitation. You know, let's I can rehabilitate you. We can get this going. What do you say? It puts out his hand, which is a dangerous fucking move for a guy who uses electricity and <laughs> poison, like handshakes. Like this is a, all kinds of tricks, literally yeah, up his sleeve. Literally, probably a fake exploding hand. Yeah, like literally up his sleeve. It is the if you're going to extend, if you're going to not extend your hand to one person, it's going to be the Joker, and Batman just does it. Just doesn't care. The Joker gets himself up, and it's not even like a like a fuck you get up. It's not even like he doesn't slap his hand away or anything like that. He gets up, kind of dusts himself off, and just goes. It's just it's it's too late for that. You know, I'm sorry. And then in the in the movie, lightning strikes a little bit. You see a lightning flash. And the Joker looks at Batman and says, you know what? This reminds me of a joke. You have, and I'll, I'll be paraphrasing this. You have two inmates in the, the lunatic asylum. And they decide one day that they don't want to be there anymore. So they climb all the way up on the roof. And it's pitch black. You can see the roofs leading to freedom. First one jumps without a without a problem right makes it the other roof second one kind of stays behind a little bit first one looks at him goes you know what's wrong and the second guy's like you know i might not make it i'm kind of worried about it so the first guy comes up the plane goes no it's fine here's what i'll do there's a beam reaching from here to here right i will shine the flashlight on the beam so you can cross the second inmate looks at the first inmate and goes what do you think i'm crazy you're just going to turn it off halfway through and that's the joke. And the joke starts to, laughing. And, and then to hear Batman laugh. Which you can tell Kevin Conroy didn't have a lot of practice with because it just yeah. sounded so, weird. so damn creepy to hear Batman weird. laugh. Right? God. Like just like like unsettling. Yeah, and it there's also the implication that he just strangles the Joker at the end of it. Yeah, so that's kind of what I want to want to talk to you guys. In um the book, it's a lot more obvious. In the movie, it's less, less so. Right? Like Joker just stops laughing, and Batman resumes the laughing. It's a, it's a fade. the The laugh fades, the light fades. Right. Credits roll. But in the end, there's no sound in the credits for the first bit. It's just like, just rain. Yeah, 
is crazy. Uh, but in the good. book, uh, which is what I had been kind of focusing on, they talk about, you know, the flashlight on the plank, right? A, a bridge of light, if you will. In the book, yeah. the way it pans down, you see this like strip of light and reflected in the street. And then everyone's kind of laughing. And then all of a sudden the strip goes away and it's only Batman laughing. So it kind of yeah. leads to a lot of speculation that Batman kills the Joker in this. He realizes the Joker's beyond rehabilitation. There's playing this game of cat and mouse as Bruce or Batman already knows is going to lead in one, only one if, way. If one of them ends up dead. Yeah. It's going to be one of them dead or both of them dead. And that's going to kind of be how it is. So he, a lot of people speculate that he kills the Joker in this. But then you could argue that this is all like, you know, killing joke is continuity now, we know. Um, at that point, I don't know if it was supposed to be in continuity or not. I don't remember. It's, it's weird it's on the fence because Alan Moore has gone on to say that he wrote it as a standalone story. Yeah. He was never under the impression it was going to be in canon. Right. And oh, then wow. later, later editions just went and ran with it. Yeah. Um, you know, because... No, awesome. I don't know if I don't know if Barbara went missing from the comics for a while. I know that in the months leading up to this, she did retire as Batgirl, yeah, and was still able to walk. Yeah. Um, then we see her a couple of years later as Oracle, um, or rather, we see Oracle, but we don't know who it is, and we later find out that it's Barbara. Mm-hmm. And then maybe like ten years after that, in the early '90s, we have just full out Birds of Prey, and she's in the chair, you know, running operations with like Black Canary and Huntress. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you, you could argue then if this is now in continuity because everyone ran with it, that the Joker still exists after this. He, he couldn't have killed him. They just shared a laugh and that was it. But that's just like, I don't I hate that, that ending. Yeah. There was, there was just no resolve. I mean, yeah. after all that happened, they just laughed together and then cut. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. And look, look at how joke, look at how Joker, look at how Batman was holding the Joker too. Both arms he gets, on his shoulder. He gets shoulders, his hands right? right up there. Yeah, right up there. Easily go through it and either strangle or snap his neck. Yeah, those. I mean, I, I think they really should have put that in through the movie because I don't even think it was even well implied that he, that he even choked him to death. I just no, figured that, oh, okay, he, this guy can't be safe. I'm going to go throw him back yeah. into Arkham. And that's our show. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I was like, really? That's how they're ending this? Yeah, like, come it, on. It wasn't, it wasn't really that well done done but in the book it's a lot more ambiguous and actually um if you look at the book too it focuses in a lot on the hands in the beginning solitaire and they have the r rating to do that so like what what happened in the end i mean it's just it's someone so a lot lot of like this you know the book had been out since 1980 it's been out for quite some time um what's that going on 28 years? years 28 years yeah Going on to that, uh, a lot of people have been reading into it, stuff like that. I think they, the director didn't want that ambiguity on it. I think he just wanted the more straightforward version. Mm. I don't know if there's some DC shenanigans going with Alan Moore. Like, there's, I mean, there's always shenanigans going on with Alan Moore. Well, he, his, his whole shtick is very hands-off. It's like, listen, I don't want my name on it. I don't want to be involved in it. Like, you even see in the credits here, it goes, based on the graphic novel, illustrated by Brian Bond. Yeah. So he gets no credit whatsoever. Well, he doesn't want it either. Like, he doesn't want it. That's true. And actually, but like transmit now, now. Now, why doesn't he want it? He's just a crazy man. He's it's, angry. It's a, you know what it is. It's yes, he's angry, but but it's an artistic integrity thing. You know, when you look at his stories, whether it's Watchmen or Swamp Thing or Miracle Man or Animal Man. No, that's Grant Morrison. Man. 
Sorry. Yeah. Well, you almost had me yeah, there. Yeah, make sure you're paying attention. <laughs> or the killing joke, it's it's written and intended to be read in a in a sequential format. Yeah. He had never intended these to be adapted in in any other way um than as it was originally presented. And yet as far as I'm aware, the only one that he's seen and likes is the Justice League Unlimited episode for The Man Who Has Everything. Yeah. Which is adapted from a story he wrote in a Superman annual. Yeah. And instead of Wonder Woman, it had Robin in it. But that's really the only major difference. Yeah, and that that's the um, one, for those of you who don't know, where um, Superman gets possessed by Starro. No. Isn't it? The Black the Black Mercy plant. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Black Mercy. Same Same principle, though. No, Starro controls your brain. The Black Mercy gives you your greatest fantasy. Oh, I'm off my game today. Don't listen to me. Yeah, I'm gonna go. It's Mongol. He Bye. fights Mongol. Gives him this this plant that makes him have like Krypton's still alive. He's married. He's got a family. His oh, his father's yeah, yeah, alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, it's the life that he he was robbed from with his planet exploding. Yeah. But it's all fake, and and it gets taken away from him, and he flies into a like the closest we've ever seen Superman going to a berserker age. Yeah. It's a fantastic story. Um, I want to watch that. I strongly urge everybody. Yeah. Oh, so Netflix. It is. You're right. No excuses. Uh, It's right over there too. I could. Yeah. No. Wait. Back to Killing Joke. Anyways. (laughs) No. So this is where I kind of want to come up with, and now we we have only have about six minutes till we want to go into the next segment. But this is where it comes up with the three Jokers. It's possible with the three three Joker theory that Batman does actually kill this Joker at the end of the Killing Joke. And the Joker we see afterwards is, you know, just a more modern, more Heath Ledger-like, right? Like, this is the one that cuts off his own face, tries to sew it back on, goes crazy, stuff like that, right? So if you think about the three Joker theory, right, it goes pretty much uh, Cesar Romero is the first Joker. The Killing Joke is the second Joker. And the more modern take, or if you look at the Brian Azzarello um, single story, offshoot, whatever you want to call it, as that Joker, who is the one who also cuts off his own face, then maybe it is. Maybe that we do see the actual origin of this particular Joker. We see the beginning and end all in one story. Yeah, the only thing with that, though, is Batman would know if he killed the Joker. Right, and that that's, that's, <laughs> the, that's how you can kind of counter that argument, is he never references killing the Joker. He's never surprised when the new Joker shows up, which he should be. Yeah. You know, there's there's also that we've also seen the Joker die. You know, he has that that death escapability thing. He'll always die in some ambiguous, ambiguous way. And then just come uh, back from yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll just come back from the animated series. To, they even did it twice in Suicide Squad, which I thought was kind of a nice touch. Yeah, that was, that was all right movie. Nah, that was lazy. Even even Jared was like, where did where did my character go? Like, what did he die there? Like, he was confused. Well, it wasn't <laughs> clever. It was, it was not clever. Yeah. But I mean, like you know, we we do we do see him escape death a little. Like he actually dies in Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker, but still escapes yes. death by implanting a DNA chip on Tim Drake. That was the most insane thing ever. And he's like, "I'm back," and they're like, "What? How is it even possible?" Wa- watching this now, you get a real sense of how close the Killing Joke is to Return of the Joker. I know, almost. I know. That it's it's. It's scary. That still is the most fucked up monologue I have ever heard the Joker give. Ever. At your core, you're just a sad little boy crying out for mommy and daddy. Then Batman just 
But that's that's not the fucked up part to me. The fucked up part is that last part where he goes, if it wasn't so pathetic, I'd laugh. And then pauses to think about it and goes, oh, what the hell? I'll laugh anyways. And that's when Batman (laughs) crashes into the projectionist booth, beats the shit out of him and just like goes ham. Like it's just fucked up. And like, you know, I think it's a bit more um, messed up because it's straight to Batman than what the monologue he gives to, to Jim Gordon. In my opinion, because that is still pretty messed up, but that also involves the imagery and stuff like that. Um, by the way, I did not think Mark Hamill did that good of a job in this movie. He's getting old; you can really hear can it in hear his it. voice. Yeah, yeah. But I've I've felt that way since the first Arkham game. Really? I mean, no, I, yeah. w- I wouldn't go that. Far. I thought Arkham Knight he, he did a fantastic job. In. He did an Listen, amazing he, he, job in Arkham. He did Knight. a great job here too, but you can hear you can just hear him getting more weathered. I mean, he's been doing the voice for as of next year, it will be twenty five years. Oh sure. Yeah. Or, or I wonder if it's the fact that we're so used to hearing him and we're so used to we're seeing like this you know uh, this art style that we're used to from back in the day. And we're like, oh yeah, it just it just fits. You know, it wasn't mm. like a stand up performance because it's supposed to be that way. It's just normal for us now no. it wasn't well like even even with out. the monologue too so like i remember before arkham origins came out um they announced that this was when mark ham was like yep i'm tired i'm never doing joker again so they had to they wanted to have the joker in the game so they had to get troy baker as the replacement Baker-a. yeah who does a pretty serviceable job but I, he, he, he did a good job i thought i thought he did a great yeah. job he was yeah. you could tell it was someone different but only with but certain but, lines. Like he did yeah, a pretty good job. He definitely it wasn't. Sold it. Yeah. it wasn't nearly as drastic as not having Conroy as Batman. Right. Exactly. Game. Yeah. Yeah. That just. Who, who did they get? Bruce Greenwood? Did they get somebody? No, else? they got they got some young. I don't remember who it was. It wasn't Bruce Greenwood though. Yeah, I, I, forget, I forget his name. But the whole time it's just like, yeah, this dog doesn't hunt. Like that. Yeah. That's not Batman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this this bat don't hunt. But I remember yeah. at a uh, at a con. I don't remember which one it was. But Troy Baker was on a panel. Uh, promoting, I think it was promoting Arkham Origins, and they had him read in the Joker's voice the monologue that he does to Jim Gordon. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that was good. better. That reading was better, in my opinion, than, and I know this is going to trigger a lot of nerd rage, but that was better than what Mark <laughs> Hamill, yep, there we go. Casey's already falking out. Um, yeah. That was better than what Mark Hamill did because there was some ad living to it too. Like he inserted the giggles into that, and you could hear like him just like anticipation, like with giddy and like seeing Jim Gordon go through all this. He's just like excited. Whereas in the actual animated movie, he's just saying the line. I will. I will say one thing for Hamill's portrayal in this. Yeah, song bit was great. Yep. Oh it's, yeah, it's, it's a like lot a different. Show tune, really, it's a lot different hearing the song in an animated feature than it is seeing it in the book sure. and trying to kind of like put it together in your mind. Sure, yeah. it was great. Yeah. Um, and really showed his. I mean, the guy's been a seasoned voice actor for years, so it should come as no surprise he's got range. But you know, doing the voice of the untransformed Joker in the flashback scenes. Oh, that yeah, was that great. was a nice touch. Pretty oh, my good. God. I didn't think they that would do great. that. I thought they would just get some random schmo. But, I, yeah. I I thought so too. With the more listener was like, wait, that's smart. Mark Hamill's yeah. doing that. Holy shit! That's him. That acting yeah. range, you know, he's not quite the Joker, but he still has that. You hear it. Yeah. You know? It's. Yeah. I mean, the point the point to get across is that it's certainly the same guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know that that's super appreciated. A great touch. Um. Guys, it's that time. Look <gasps> look at look at the timestamp on our recording. Yep. Roughly. Yep. Could it be? It yep. is time for my. 
the secret question. Secret question. I'm waiting for Casey to sing the tune. Um, So for those of you just tuning in for the first time, welcome to the show. This is the mark just about an hour in, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit over, depending on editing later in in the night, uh, where I ask these fine gentlemen my secret question. The secret question is a question that I don't even know what it is until I think of it, which probably be in about 30 seconds. Tonight we talked about Batman the Killing Joke. Uh, both the animated movie and the graphic novel. We talked about what we liked, what we didn't like, went on some fun tangents. We compared, contrasted. We thought about if the Joker was dead. And we thought a many number of things tonight. What I want to ask you, fine gentlemen, tonight, though, is the following. Do you prefer Barbara Gordon as the Oracle or as Batgirl and why? Because we know she's back as Batgirl now. And this isn't really much of a stumper, but I just really want to know this. Mm. So for those of you who want to hear Serge being stumped, I'm sorry. Maybe next week. <laughs> now, I liked her um, as, as Oracle, especially being a huge fan of the Arkham games. I mean, at, at first, I didn't, I didn't really recognize who she was, but I, I did recognize the voice. I was like, wait a minute, that kind of sounds like Barbara. No, that couldn't be. This is the Oracle. Who the hell is that? And she's, uh, she's basically like, like, like Tank in the Matrix. You know, she's, she's your guide. Like while you're out in the field as Batman, um, telling you like, you know, where to go to do, like giving you extra stuff, uh, extra intel. And I thought she played a huge supporting role even uh and i also saw her as an anchor for bruce you know because alfred tries to be the anchor for him as much as he can but he 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 doesn't have he doesn't hold that much water with bruce anymore and especially seeing that there's another character like telling him almost the same thing he's just like ah not you two really like i'm trying to do work out there and it's just like bruce like you you don't have to do all this alone like we're all here and he's just like no i don't need to like i like like where this times where where she's trying to help him out and he's he's just like okay no like i just need you to do this much i'm just gonna put my fingers together really small and you do this much i didn't ask you to do this much you just see batman lean over a cliff maximum effort (laughs) maximum effort But but uh, I I do oh man especially playing that uh, that DLC you need to play Greg as uh, yeah. as this Batwoman I mean she is a kick ass character she has a cool costume but I don't know I, as Oracle I think she has more more of a range uh, of emotion you know when you want to see good acting you want to hear good lines I, th- I think Oracle does it better than Batgirl okay uh, Casey what about you There's really no question um, but I'll play devil's advocate just for the sake of the argument okay uh, yeah listen or. I don't know if, if the timing actually works out that way now, but I think a couple of years ago you could have argued that she spent more time as Oracle than she ever did as Batgirl, and therefore, you know, she'd have more depth and things like that, and she was essentially the protagonist of her own comic as Oracle. Um, but there's a very nice touch in the Jeff Johns issues of Booster Gold. Jeff Johns. Where I like where you're going. I like where you're going. Yeah, see, I knew yeah. you might. Uh, <laughs> Pandering. 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 <laughs> a little. They, they broached the subject that Jackson. Barbara really had the potential to be a better Batman than Batman. Um, she, yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's like one of those, oh, it's just an informed ability kind of things. But, you know, 
she goes toe to toe with him in fighting prowess. She's obviously very intelligent. I mean, she's got she's already linked to the police department. Like if anything, she could more legitimize the role in that sense. Say she went public with her identity or something. Um, you know, uh, it, and it's just an interesting touch because, you know, you have all these Robins, but they always feel like a junior grade version. <laughs> and when you're, you know, I don't want to say not once are you ever presented with the idea that, that somebody like Dick Grayson is Batman's equal by any stretch. I mean, now you look at it and it's like he's more acrobatic. He might be the better fighter because he's got, you know, 10, 15 years young. Like, you know, he's younger. Um, but with Barbara, when you're... The, for me reading it, the first time they're ever put forward that, like, she could be his better. Which is something that you don't really see when it comes to a character like Batman who's, you know, like Captain America, the the top tier of, like... Like he's like a peak human in every in every sense of the word. He's a gene. He's a tactical genius. Mm-hmm. He's a master martial artist. Like everything under the sun, this guy has. Like if you name a tactical, like an ability that somebody could have, or something that you could go to school and learn, Batman's got it under his belt. A doctorate and everything, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to see more stories of Barbara Gordon as Batgirl, if only maybe alternate universe type stories where you sort of have Batman acknowledge that she really could be that much better and and there's shades of that and give her her own rogue gallery in that sense or maybe just have her take over for him as the legacy hero you know stop making it always be Dick Grayson give her a shot to be you know the bat yeah I mean, so um, I'm going to do this. We have, for those of you who don't know, um, we broadcast the podcast live at twitch.tv slash Funky around 9.30 every Thursday night. We have Dave actually moderating the chat right now. So what's up, Dave, the bearded menace? And he actually has something, because I think we're all going to say Oracle, except Dave. So I want to bring this up. Dave says that he prefers Barbara as Batgirl because that's when he was first introduced to the character. That's what he grew up with. So that's how he knows her. And it seems like, um, you know, this Oracle thing just kind of didn't feel as complete to him. For me, I was first introduced to Barbara as Oracle. So I have the actual opposite reaction to Dave. I actually like much to um, Serge's point and a little bit to you too, Casey, where you know, she's a lot more useful. She's, you know, feeding him information. She is actually more invaluable sitting in a tower than she was by his side. Yeah. She can unlock those doors. She can get that intel that saves the day to the last second. She was actually, um, in when I remember her being introduced, um, Batman used her as a resource for the Justice League, and we weren't even sure Oracle was a she. He just referred to, it was just the Oracle, and it was like this green kind of holographic mask that we saw in the Arkham games. And I think that was during the Grant Morrison run, I want to say. I'm not 100%. That, that, may, that may have even been before that. You think so? Because it was, it was yeah. around that time frame where he took over that I remember it, anyways. Because there was I, in Wizard I wanna, Magazine, I, which was... I want to say it was, it was John Ostrander who introduced... Barbara as Oracle, and I honestly think it may have even been in the pages of Suicide Squad, really? which is a funny link back to things. But 
Um, I'd have to look that one up. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to look that up as we speak. But yeah, for me. But you it's are right. You are right about him using her as a resource on the Justice League, which is big time. That's that's yeah. I, and just like Greg said, I think she was she was useful there than actually in the field. Uh, you know, and uh, we have someone else in chat, Adam, saying that he would rather her as Batgirl. She could be another female hero that could be lucked up to. Kind of like Wonder Woman, and uh, give the Batman universe something else to to have. You know, like uh, she could be on the same level as Batman potentially. Yeah, it always seems like there's a talk about where, as, as Batgirl, and then the word potential. Like she could, but then like, she, she never, never does. Never does. Never never gets there. Now, why do you what do you think that is? Oh, I, I think it's just there's so many, so many sidekicks running around with Batman. <laughs> And they're just all just, they get increasingly more interesting, right? Like it starts off with Dick Grayson, the orphan who ends up, you know, kind of learning about Bruce's secret and becomes very useful and eventually a hero in his own right. Then you get and Jason Batman Todd. in his own right. Yeah. Then you get Jason Todd, who is is almost like a charity case for Batman, where he's this kid who grew up on the wrong side of the streets, tries to steal the tires off the Batmobile, figures, hey, I can help this kid out. <laughs> kind of does but kind of also doesn't then you get um bef- even before jason Todd, i think this back girl like you know the commissioner's daughter like very yep. interesting perception on that you know she was raised jim gordon's a good man you know, he's he abides by the law so she was raised with that kind of mentality and realized hey the law can only go but so far maybe you have to take it just a slight step further you have Tim Drake, who ends up being a really good detective. Like they get cooler and cooler and cooler and cooler, and you can actually see Batman choosing uh, these sidekicks with more purpose. You know, like Tim Drake is actually the closest to Bruce Wayne, in my opinion, than any of the sidekicks that you can get because yeah. he, they share, they think the same way. Dick's the acrobat, Jason's the wild card, Tim's the detective. I think that's why he will always be my favorite and Robin. Then there's Damien. And then there's Damien, <laughs> who is literally the only thing he has in common with Bruce is they are father and son. DNA, blood. That's pretty much it. I, well, that kid can kick some ass when he wants to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Real bad. But yeah, I mean, so it's it'll always be Oracle for me. Um it's just, just it makes the most sense. She's just the most interesting. Then that's when she grows. That's when her character develops. She's not the the happy go lucky kid. Also, Birds of Prey is just really fucking great. See, I never got into Birds of Prey. I can't. I can't say that. It's re- it's really good. Um, what was, was it? Was that that TV show? It was. It was Comic Book. We don't TV like show, to talk oh, okay. about that. Yes. But <laughs> yeah, we're not going to talk about the, the uh, TV show. Cool. The comic. It's it's. I don't want to say the first team of all women in comic books, but it's the only one that really has ever meant anything um you know you would have great team-ups you'd have huntress black canary lady blackhawk i mean big barda they threw every woman in comics you can imagine onto this team at some point like just running missions you know it's almost like a heroes for hire kind of thing where it's like Mm. this is oracle are you available tonight and it's like here we go that sounds awesome oh it's it's fantastic And like the, those are actually the, the the better episodes of the Justice League. Like there was one where there's an underground uh, fighting ring that that Huntress and Canary was that, fighting yeah. in, or or Black Canary was fighting in, and Huntress was following her. And then they eventually got Wonder Woman somehow, and then they all had to fight Wonder Woman. Wasn't Green Arrow in that too? Kind of mind control. 
Green yeah, Arrow yeah, was in yeah. it. Uh, Vixen was in Wildcat. it. Hawkeye Vixen was, was in, in it. Hawkeye in that? that was originally supposed to be a Birds of Prey episode. Dude, that and that, that's exactly what it sounds like. And it was awesome, especially when they all had to go up against Wonder Woman. They were like, oh, crap. She's under mind control. And she was just like, ah. They all had to take her down. It was pretty sweet. And in the end, she was like, whoa, what happened? What? Where am I? All right. Who's, who's in charge? All right, let's go kick their ass. Mm. Awesome episode. So, guys, today's a special night because I have another secret question. Oh, no, oh it's a two-part. It can't be. So, a lot of people attribute the killing joke to... That one of their favorite Batman stories of all time, right? What I want to know, which I think is better than my first secret question, what is your favorite Batman story? It can be from a comic Ooh. book, it can be from a movie, it could be from the cartoon. And we're going to start with Sergio. Mine's a killing joke. Did that? Is it really? No, it's not. You rascal. So is it really killing joke, Serge? Uh no, God, I already have to think about that. Um, no, it, w- it wouldn't be the the, the killing joke. Um, I I, re- I really like the story of of the Red Hood. Yeah, uh, you fucking son. <laughs> Too it. bad, Greg. Now you're gonna have to go with Court of Owls. No, no, no. it was. Uh, I, I I thought it was it was very compelling. It was filled with with a lot of a lot of drama, a lot of emotion. Um, the, <laughs> Lazarus Pit. Mm-hmm. Until that thing is used, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. Because you forget. Because they're trying to ground these things uh, in our real world, but then you're. It's like, oh, it, it's this isn't our our world. It's a fantastical world full of mystery. And, yeah. But I just loved how badass the character was, and how he just didn't want to live in Batman's shadow anymore. Because as good as Batman is, he forgets gets that he he is a certain way you know and he doesn't realize i I think uh he doesn't realize what he's doing to all of his sidekicks and everybody that follows him until until that happened and i think he really realized like oh shit like um wait am i am i my dick like am i not (laughs) my certain way you know like they something always happens to every one of my sidekicks and someone who follows me always ends up getting hurt you know even though he wants the best from them and sometimes he can't do stuff on his own but he he needs people and i just love how when when, especially when the red hood came back and he was just like no man i'm doing stuff my way he's like that's not what i taught you and he's like you just don't get it man i'm not doing things the way you taught me like you know you taught you taught me how to do And, and you know the red and batman's just like well I, I, it, I, you're right. Uh, you don't have to. You're not under under my wing anymore, so to speak. But I still want you to use my values. And he's like, "You just don't get it, Bruce." Like, that, <laughs> that's why. Don't. That's why I'm this way. You don't know yeah. me. You're not my dad. You don't know my life. <laughs> you're not my goddamn dad. I mean, you might be my like my legal guardian or whatever, but like, you're not my dad. Yeah, um, I, I just I just thought it was cool because I love the character Batman, but like stuff like that. But I think something like that breaks him more. The people close to him break, breaks his character more and breaks him down more than than I think the villains. I think that makes a, a, a compelling story for for me. And to see that, it's just like wow, look at that. He's so flawed and he's so like he's so bad. Yeah. And it wasn't the villains that did that. It was the people who were close to him. Like that's that's just so crazy to me. I don't know. So like, I like I like the Red Hood. Cool. Uh, Casey, what about you? Uh, I actually mentioned this before, but the more I think about it, the more I'm not sure. But I'm going to go with it anyway because it's my first instinct. Okay. Mask of the Phantasm, I think, is still Ooh, one of the nice. finest Batman stories ever. Nice. Um, it, it's almost, it's, it's a lot like Batman Year One. You get to see his origins as a crime fighter before he even dons the costume. You know, the reason why he feels like he needs to instill fear in the hearts of enemies. But then it gets to the point where he meets a beautiful woman and he's finally happy. He feels like the void that's left by the loss of his parents and all the suffering he's had to endure it is now gone because he's met the one. Mm. And there is this, like, 
There's so many great things in that movie, like him and the Joker fighting inside the the model city of the future, oh, and yeah, that was cool. and all <laughs> this great stuff. And the Phantasm as a as a villain alone right. is great, dude. Yeah. Um, but the scene where he's crying over his parents' graves, where it's just like, I deserve to be happy now, like, like there there'll be other. The, like I'll donate money to the police. Like, like there there'll be another way. I don't have to do this anymore. Like, don't I deserve to be happy? And he's just on his knees, crying in the rain. And you, you know, Batman is always a very solid, like uncompromising kind of a guy. You don't really see him break down and just weep. And this, it's just such a powerful character establishing moment. You know, I, I just, yeah. I love it. It's always, it's always stuck with me. Yeah. So uh, from chat, we also have um, Dave says, Dave has said a lot of things, but he said Master of the Phantasm uh, as well. We have uh, Death in the Family, which was a great one. Nice. Yeah. yeah. You got to love that. Good old uh, J. Todd love. And um, actually, we also have the 90s Batman animated series, uh, the Clayface Origin episode, which I do remember. Was, Feet of Clay. was a really, really good one. I thought Here's I saw Batman, Batman Beyond Return of the Joker in there somewhere. I could be crazy, but I'm just going to say I saw oh, it in there. Even that that can... story was nuts. Like, yeah. even, even when I first saw it, I was just like, is this... Are they really going with this? <laughs> like, is this is this not a dream, or is this actually happening? Is he really coming back that way? Yeah. I thought it was a dream at first. I was you like, could, that, you that could even be. you could even go with with uh, Rebirth, the first couple episodes of Batman Beyond. Sure, just the origin of Terry as Batman. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. One. Oh, oh, yeah, that was great. They had Very a they had a cut scene. They never animated it for Return of the Joker, where um, I think it's Bruce or some or Barbara goes back to because we all know how the Joker died in. Um, the anim in the animated '90s, Tim, you know the, that whole thing was. Uh, I can't remember anyone's name today, but he Bruce Tim he tripped and fell and got electrocuted and was kind of mm -hmm. raised up a little bit and it was because Tim had the gun pointed at him. That was one way they recut it. I think where he shot him too. So there's two different ways, but the original one was supposed shot, to get electrocuted yeah. and he's standing up in the rafters still. They never took his body down. They left him up there. And there's a scene where Barbara goes back and finds the body to make sure that it's still there. And it is. So that was really... It never animated it. They had it in one of the DVD extras. And they did it like a storyboard kind of like animation kind of thing. And the, the light blue pencil sketch of his body hanging was more terrifying than it could have ever been if it was just like full animated colored. That's what happens when you try and tell animators to change something they've already done. Yeah. <laughs> make it a hundred times worse. Um, so, my favorite Batman uh, story is actually it's it's kind of a bit of a tie. I really did like the uh, Black Glove slash Rest in Peace um, kind of story where Batman loses his mind and dresses up in the Zernar outfit. The Batman of Zernar. <laughs> yeah, he has this like he literally gets like P rags and sews them together and like makes his own bat suit. And he has like an old radio transistor that he think he calls this like he says it's like the bat radio and it's calling him and stuff like that. And it's he's and just, he's got bat mite floating over his oh, shoulder. It's just so cool. And it's just like all of it. It's his psyche just trying to rebuild itself bit by bit. Um, but the hush storyline also resonates Ooh, with me as well. Nice, An excellent story for anyone just trying to get into Batman. It's great. That's Jeff Loeb, right? I believe. 
It is. Yeah, right before he didn't become so good anymore. Yeah, and it's Jim Lee drawing it. And that was like Jim Lee just starting out on Batman too. Like that was his prime stuff. Yeah. Like that was when was he was, really, he had to try. That's some that's some like 2003 Jim Lee right there. That was great Jim Lee Batman. That's, and that's, that's like really the first redesign of the Joker or not Joker, I'm sorry, the of um Killer Croc as well where he's more reptilian yeah. like more like lizardy more godzilla tiny godzilla like man <laughs> kind of thing yeah. so that was really cool um and that's just a good story like there's nothing just like an alternate batman almost that exists alongside of him where you know what if he was actually crazy and tried to kill his own parents cool stuff if you haven't read that definitely read it uh but that's it i don't have a third sacred question I'm not going to start setting that <laughs> expectation. That's all the time we have for today for this edition of the Back to the Funky Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in each and every Thursday at 930 Eastern on Twitch.tv, just Back to the Funky. Check us out for free on iTunes and on SoundCloud for you Android users. Uh, each week, we have a different topic. This week, we talked about DC animated Batman, The Killing Joke, based on the infamous graphic novel. Each and every week, tune in with us. We talk about something different, comic books, TV shows, uh, everything and more inside of our world. Until next time, everyone, this has been uh, Booster Greg. If it wasn't so pathetic, I'd laugh. (laughs) This has been TV's Casey. But we'll laugh anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Sergio. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you later or we'll see you another time. Or never. Or we'll see you never. (laughs) 